Good morning. It's good to be here this morning. Beautiful morning. I hope I have something to say that might cause you to thank or uh, cause you to put some things in your life that will help you be a better Christian. You know, we've been talking about some things, uh, the fruits of the Spirit and the works of the flesh. I believe we're done with the works of the flesh. I believe Yancey finished that up. So from now on, it's all going to be fruits of the Spirit, things we should be adding to our lives, characteristics we should have, things that God expects from us. And this, the one that I've been assigned particularly this morning, sometimes I feel like, hey, I'm doing pretty good at that. I handled that situation really well. And then the very next week, I'm like, oh, boy, I messed that one up. I didn't handle that one well at all. The subject we're going to cover this morning is long-suffering. Uh, yeah, that's not a very American quality to have. Americans aren't very good at long-suffering. That's just not something that is built in our DNA. It's not built in our DNA as humans, to be honest with you. But it seems to be here in America, it's even on hyperdrive. Long-suffering, though, is something that God expects us to show. It's something of quality he expects us to have. Even if it's not something that we necessarily want to do. Even if it's not necessarily something that our culture promotes. This, but this is something God expects you to have regardless of all those things. He expects you to have it regardless of people show it to you or not. If people don't show you long-suffering, that's fine. God still expects you to show long-suffering to others. Well, what exactly is long-suffering? You know, that's not a word we hear a lot today. Long-suffering isn't something that is in my common vocabulary as I talk throughout the day. It's not something I use on a daily basis or even a weekly basis or probably even a monthly basis. To be honest with you, this is probably the first time I've used this word since the last time I gave a sermon and it was in it. If I'm being really honest with you, but what is long-suffering? There are some words that we would know that long-suffering is defined by as. But first, let's look at the verse that we're talking about here, and then we'll get into the definition. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 is where we're getting these fruits of the Spirit. And it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And if you look at these three, long-suffering, kindness, and goodness, this has a lot to do with how we treat other people. It's not necessarily something that we do for ourselves. It's not necessarily something that's going to benefit us in any great way if we do them all. It will, but I'm, I'm just saying it's more about the way we treat each other. Because you know God has commanded us to love each other. So this is, how we, this is how we show some of that. This is some of the characteristics we have that we show how we love other people. It's how we treat other people. It's how we regard other people. It's how we treat other people even when, we, even when we're mad and angry at them. It's how we treat other people even when they've wronged us. Long-suffering is one of those things that God wants us to show to others. And if we look at the definition of long-suffering, I believe it's right in the definition. Long-suffering is having or showing patience in spite of troubles, especially those caused by other people. <laughs> having patience in troubles, especially those caused by other people. Have you ever had a trouble caused by somebody else? If you're a parent, I know the answer to that. <laughs> I asked my dad one time, Delilah had done something. We were at his house, and I go, Man, I'm going to be glad whenever she's 18 and she don't test my patience anymore. My dad goes, how old are you? I go, oh, I'm 40. He goes, uh, I'll tell you when it ends. 
We have people that test our patients. We have people that cause certain harms and certain pains. And we're like, and I have to show patience toward this person? I have to be patient with this person? Even though they're causing me these troubles, I have to be patient with them? Yeah, that's what God, that's what God has commanded us to do, is to be long-suffering towards those people. The Greek word, long-suffering is from the Greek word makathamera, which means long-tempered or patient. Long-tempered. How many of us are short-tempered? I can tell you I fall in that category quite, quite a bit. There have been times where my fuse is that short and then I light it myself. How many of us can say we're long-tempered? That it takes a lot to really get us going. Because that's what God has called us to be with other people. He doesn't want you to lose your temper like that. I believe that's why the verse, be slow to speak, be quick to hear, and slow to wrath is in the Bible. <laughs> Because he expects us to be that way. He expects us to be long-tempered. It's not something that, it's not a Christian quality that we go off the handle and we're the one that throw, will throw the handle. <laughs> we shouldn't fight at a drop of the hat and be the one to drop the hat, you know. <laughs> my, my dad tells a story. He's not proud of it, but it makes good, it, it's good on this uh, for an uh, illustration. He was in high school and he was playing football. And he was the team captain, so he went out to the 50-yard line. And some guy said something, so he just knocked his block off. And my dad got kicked out of the game. And he goes, that guy did that on purpose. <laughs> he wanted to see if I had the patience to deal with that. And at that time, he didn't. He was not patient. He was not short-tempered. He threw the first punch, and he didn't care. Are we that way? Maybe not physically, but with our words, with our how we treat other people, are we that way? Where we're quick to be mean and vile and hateful? All they have to do is say the wrong thing and we fly off the handle. It may not even be they said the wrong thing. Maybe we interpreted it the wrong way. Are we that way or are we the ones that has a long patience, long temper that doesn't go off quite so easily? We need to be where we don't have that quality, where we're not the person that everybody has to walk on glass around because you never know what's going to set them off. I've known people that way, and they're not fun to be around. I have to walk just so, because I never know what's going to make this guy go off. I've had bosses that were that way. And it was a miserable working environment. Because you never knew what was going to set them off. Are we like that with each other? Or are we long-tempered and patient with each other? Because nobody's perfect. We're all going to do things that get on each other's nerves. We're all going to do things that upset each other. Anybody that's been married for a amount of time knows that. We're all going to do things that make each other mad and angry and test their patience and test their temper. Are we going to pass the majority of those tests or do we not even try to pass the test and we just go off? You know, people always talk about the big thing with public uh, self-help gurus and people that are trying to help people is you don't ever do anything you wouldn't do yourself, ask people to do anything you wouldn't do yourself. Well, does God show long-suffering? Did Jesus show long-suffering? Read the New Testament. Read the Old Testament. It's in there. If we look at it, in 1 Peter 3 and 20, who were formerly disobedient when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared in which a few, that is eight souls, were saved through water. 
Does anybody off the top of their head remember how long it took Noah to build that ark? 120 something years. Right, right around that 120 year mark. Now I've been patient before, but I've never been patient for 120 years. I doubt I even lived that long. Sometimes I'm not even patient enough to sit through the commercials, so I'll just DVR the game and fast forward through all the commercials. Because I can't stand 15 second ads. But God saw his creation, the thing that he created, the thing that he loved, totally disregarding him. Totally disobeying everything he had told them to do. And he goes, what? I'm going to destroy them. But he was patient because of, there was one man in his family that found favor. And he goes, you build this ark and you'll be safe. And he, the whole time Noah was building that boat, he saw what those people were doing. He saw the evil they were doing. And he was patient for Noah's sake. He was long-suffering. Even though those people were doing things that he had commanded them not to and were irritating him, making him mad, making him angry, wishing he could, I'm sure he, wishing he could strike them right there. Let's just get it over with. That's the way I would be thinking. Now, God may not think that way. God may be going, okay, yeah, that's fine. As a matter of fact, I know God doesn't think that way or he would have done it. Because God had the power not to wait. He just said, you know what? No, I know you only got the boat halfway done, but these people are, I'm done with these people. We're, we're starting the rain now. Hope that half a boat gets you through. But that's not what he did. He showed the patience for 120 years to allow Noah to be able to be saved from that destruction. Even though he saw all the horrible things that were going on at that time and probably wanted to do it a whole lot earlier. If we continue looking in 2 Peter 3 and 9, he says, The Lord is not slack in his concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering towards usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Those are parallel verses, if you really get into it. If you really look into it, God's waiting for people to come to him and be saved while he's seeing every, all the evil, vile things that are going down here, but he's still showing patience, hoping that more will come to repentance. Just like in the days of Noah, he saw that Noah was good and just. He said, Noah, build a boat. But what, you know what Noah was doing while he was building that boat? Preaching, saying, hey, there's a flood coming. Y'all got to repent of your ways and get on this boat or you're going to be lost. God's showing the same patience to us because he can come back at any minute. Now, what I want you to realize here is this long suffering wasn't forever. After the 120 years and the boat was done, the waters came and the floods came and wiped out the earth. There's going to be a day where God says, okay, it's done. I've given them enough time. I'm coming back. It's not going to be something that lasts forever. Do we take advantage of the fact that God is long-suffering towards us? Or are we just kind of like, oh, he ain't came back yet, so he's not going to come back. I can take care of that later. I can take care of being what God wants me to be later. But what I want you to understand is the floodwaters are coming. We don't know when the floodwaters are coming. We don't have a boat that we're building that will tell us, okay, whenever we're done with this, the floodwaters are coming. We don't have that. But we have a promise that Jesus is coming back one day. And just like God promised he would destroy the, water by, the world by water and he did it, one day he's going to destroy it by fire. And then we're going to be standing before him after his long suffering is done. 
So God shows long-suffering, and he expects his people to show long-suffering as well. If we look in Ephesians 4 and 2, it says, With all loneliness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. You know, it's easier for me to have patience with people I love, but it's also easier for the people I love to test my patience the most. Do we do these things? Do we show long-suffering? Do we show gentleness and lowliness? Because that's how he's commanded us to be, and that's how we show our love. And remember, we're supposed to love our enemies, so yeah, we're supposed to show long-suffering to our enemies as well. And we'll get into that as well here in a second. But if you look at it, that's how God has called us to be. That is a characteristic that we have to put into work in our life. It's not an option. It's not, hey, if you want to do this, go ahead. It's not, hey, I would really like you to do this. But if you don't feel like it, that's, okay. that's not what he said. He said, this is the way you need to be if you're going to be one of my followers. In Colossians 3 and 12, Therefore, as the, select, the elect of God, holy beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering, are we the elect of God? If we're the elect of God, that's a characteristic we have to have. Again, he didn't put any qualifiers in there. Well, be long-suffering as long as they're nice to you. Or be long-suffering as long as they're not mean. Or be long-suffering as long as they're not rude. No. He said, if you're the elect of God, that is something you have to have. You have to have long-suffering along with the mercies and kindness and humility. But long-suffering is in there with the rest of them. It's not just an afterthought God put in there. Oh, that would be nice to put in there, so we'll just put that in there. That's not an afterthought. That's how God wants us to be. If we look at 2 Corinthians 6, 4 and 6, it says, But in all things we commend ourselves as ministers of God, in much patience and tribulation, in needs and distress, in stripes and imprisonments, in turn, in labors and sleepiness, sleeplessness, in fastings, by pure, purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, and by sincere love. Do we have, would we have patience in all these areas if those were happening to us that'd be kind of hard to have patience in my opinion somebody's physically hurting me somebody's mentally hurting me and i don't i'm not gonna have too much patience with that no i'm not gonna be too long suffering towards those people i'm not gonna wish a whole lot of good things on those people that's not just not in my nature it may not be in your nature but if you're the elect of god that's gonna need to be in your nature you're gonna have to change your nature you're gonna have to change your nature around god See, what, what, what's amazing to me, and I guess it's been going on as long as time has been going on, is people want to take God and make him fit into their idea of how it should be instead of fitting into the, God's idea of how it should be. People think, okay, yes, this is the way I want it to be, so I can, make God, I can make this scripture, if I twist it just a little bit, make it say that, and God fits more into what I want it to fit into. And like I said, that's been going on forever. We act like that's a new problem. But you, you can find script in the scriptures about how that people were doing that. Not only that, it even tells us for Pharisees were teaching for commandments doctrines of men. They were trying to make it fit the way they wanted to fit, and they couldn't do it with what God said. So they said, we'll just make our traditions a commandment from, like it's a commandment from God. Do we do that? Do we try to make everything fit in the way we want it to fit, make it fit the idea that we have? instead of 
fitting ourselves into the idea God has for us and the plan God has for us. We try to make God fit into our plans. I'm telling you, that practice is alive and well in this country. All you got to do is listen to people. Well, I don't believe in a God that would. Or I don't believe in a God that would do this. Or I don't believe in a God that expects that. Well, here's the problem with when they say that. There's one God, neither you believe in him or you don't. There's one God, neither you're going to bend your will to his or you're not. It's not the fact that God is what we want him to be. It's the fact that God is who he is and he expects us to be what he wants us to be. And long-suffering is a part of that. It doesn't matter if it comes down to torture like it's talking about in this scripture. He wants us to be able to show that throughout our life. That's a characteristic he expects us to have. It's not an option. You can say, well, I don't believe in a God that would want me to go through pain. And that's fine. You don't have to believe that. But that doesn't make it not where it's true. That's the first thing. Just because you believe it doesn't automatically make it true. I'm sure Kyle deals with that a lot of times being a lawyer. People believe all, all sorts of things about the law. That doesn't necessarily make it true. <laughs> I can twist the law to make it say all sorts of things, but that doesn't really mean what it's talking about. People do the same thing with God, especially when it comes to something we really don't want to do because we don't want to put up with people. We don't want to put up with people hurting us. We don't want to put up with people belittling us. We don't want to put up with people embarrassing us. So we try to make God fit into what we want instead of fitting into what God wants. And I'm not saying these situations would be fun to deal with. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying it would be enjoyable, but God expects us to deal with it if it comes to that. If we look in 1 Timothy 1 and 16, it says, However, for this reason I obtained mercy, that in me, first, Jesus Christ might show all long-suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. Do we realize what Paul had done? <laughs> Do you realize he was rounding up Christians, throwing them in jail, and killing them? You know what? Jesus could have ended that if he wanted to. He could have appeared to him on the road to Damascus and took care of that problem real quick. But he didn't. Jesus saw value in what Paul could do for him. And he showed the long-suffering and patience to get Paul to where he needed to be. And Paul wrote most of the New Testament. And eventually he died a martyr's death on behalf of the Savior. Do we see the good in people or is everything we see the bad? You know, when somebody's doing you wrong, it's really easy to see all the bad. It's really easy to see all the bad characteristics. You know, it's really easy to see all of Paul's bad characteristics when he was running roughshod over the church. It was really easy to see the bad. I'm sure it was really hard for Ananias to see the good when God told him, hey, I want you to go talk to this guy. I'm sure Ananias is like, you want me to go talk to him? There's nothing good about that guy. Come on. But with a little bit of patience, maybe we can start seeing some of those things. With a little bit of love and kindness, instead of, okay, I'm done with you. You've crossed me. You're, off the, you're on the list. I'm done. <laughs> God expects us, God and Jesus expects us to show long-suffering to each other. He expects us to be patient with each other. 
not only that, he expects us to be patient with our enemies. He expects us to be patient with people that might even want to hurt us or destroy us. And not be the impatient people that America seems to put on a pedestal today. There are some biblical examples that we can look at and can kind of compare and contrast of long-suffering. The first one we want to look at is Job. You know, Job was a very wealthy man. And God and Satan were talking one day, and God goes, consider my servant Job. How he serves me, he's faithful, he's honest, he's a good man. And Satan goes, the only reason he's that way is because you've blessed him with riches. If I take everything away from him, he'll curse you. Well, so God says, okay, go ahead, but don't, but don't hurt him. He said, okay. So he took away his land, his cattle, his fa he, he took away everything he could think of, and Job still wouldn't give up. So Satan comes back to God, and he goes, you know what, God? I've taken everything away, but you let, the, you let him have his health. You let him have his life. He goes, okay, you, can, you can't kill him, but you can, you can inflict some damage on him. So then he's covered with boils. And at this point, his wife even comes to him and goes, why don't you just curse God and die? <laughs> but he didn't do that. He suffered through it all. He didn't understand where it was coming from. But he was patient with God. He never turned on God. He still praised God. Even when his own wife told him, curse God and die, he didn't listen. Now let's contrast that with another story in the Old Testament. The story of King Saul. And I guess it's not a new habit of preachers being late. It even happened back then. But Saul had offered an offering before a battle, and then the preacher decided to show up right at the right time. <laughs> let's, we can actually look at this story. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 13, and starting in uh, verses 7 through 14. And it says, As Saul was still in Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling, then he waited seven days according to the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. So Saul said, Bring me a burnt offering and peace offerings here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now it happened as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering that Samuel came and, said, and Saul went out to meet him, that he might greet him. And Samuel said, What have you done? Saul said, When I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that thou, you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered together at Michmash. Then I said, The Philistines will now come down to me at Gilgal, and I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever, but now your kingdom shall not continue. Saul got a little impatient there, didn't he? <laughs> he goes, the preacher's supposed to be here. My army's scattering. I can see the Philistines up there on the hill. I've got to do something because it's not good to go into battle without making sacrifice to the Lord. So I felt compelled and I did it. You know what he was basically telling Samuel? You weren't here, so I had to take care of your job for you. <laughs> Those are two totally different, when you look at them, two totally different ways to deal with patience. Job had great patience with what was going on with him. 
Saul, whenever he found out the day was there and he wasn't there yet, he's like, well, I got to do something. <laughs> Too many times we fall into the category of Saul. I'll give you a certain amount of time, but once that time's passed, it's, it's done. I got to do something at that point. And that's what Saul said, but Saul, but did you hear what, hear what Samuel said to him? He said, what have you done? And then after Saul explained himself, thou hast done foolishly. How many times have we lost, not been patient and done something foolishly? <laughs> I'll tell you what, whenever I lose my patience, it's not, I don't do something that's considered very smart. I just don't ever do that. When I lose my patience, it wouldn't be considered something of a genius move of what I do. Usually I would say when I lose my patience, I always do something foolishly for the most part. We need to be long-suffering. We need to be patient with each other. Not only with each other, but with enemies. It's just something that God has called us to be. And you know what? If you really are long-suffering with others, it'll cause less stress in your life down here as well. Because it's stressful keeping up being impatient all the time. It's stressful. It sure affects your blood pressure in a negative way. You're always worried about, okay, that guy did that to me, now how am I going to get even? Or how, what am I going to do about that? Because I can't let that stand. It's not a very happy existence to always be impatient. So how, why is it hard to show long-suffering if God expects us to do it? Why is it so hard for us to do that? Well, number one, it's not in the human nature to be long-suffering. If somebody causes me pain, it's not in my nation's nature to be patient with them. It's just not. If someone causes me grief or mental anguish, it's just not in my nature to want to say, okay, yeah, I want to be patient with that person. It's just not in there. But again, we've got to bend our nature to what God wants us to be. And it's not impossible to do. I'm not saying it's easy to do, but it's not impossible to do to, change our, to kind of change our nature in that way. Are we going to be perfect at it? No, I don't believe we're going to be perfect at it. I believe there's times where our patience are going to be, is going to be tested and we're not going to pass. I believe that happens. But what I want to ask is, do we even try? Is it something we're even working on? Is it something that we even want to do? I want to be able to show more patience. I want to be able to be more long-suffering towards people. Is that a goal of ours, or is it a goal of our, or is it not even on our radar? It's not part of our culture at all, especially in this instant gratification society we live in. You know, I went to a store the other day because I had to get a new phone, and. I didn't. I don't keep up with the latest tech stuff. I'm not somebody that does all that. But I went in there and I go, okay, it's time for my phone to upgrade. My phone's been having some problems. It's been shutting down. I just need to get a new phone to replace it. And I started looking, and the cheap. The, there was a couple options, but then I saw the brand new iPhone 13 had just come out, and my eyes were drawn to it because they had it lit up, and it was really pretty to look at. And I'm like, but this one will do everything I need it to do. And it's cheaper. I'll go with that one. Well, then I got to talk to the sales lady. And boy, she started telling me all this stuff about how great this iPhone 13 was, how good the cameras were, how much better it was going to make my life. And I go, okay, I'll go ahead and do that. And then I got home and realized, how often am I going to really use the stuff she just sold me on? 
But it's like instant gratification. It's like, oh, that's the best. I want to have it. That's the best. I got to have the best. I'll be paying all the best now for two years, but that's beside the point. But are we that way with people? I want the instant gratification that whenever you're... Whenever you test my patience, I want the instant gratification of going off on you, being mean to you, just like you were to me. Because it feels good, it looks good, it makes me feel better for a minute. Are we that way? Are we into that instant gratification where if you're good to me, I'll be good to you, but if you're bad to me, I'm going to be even worse to you? <laughs> the divorce rate in this country would not be what it is if people could practice a little bit more long suffering. I don't want to put in the patience and work it's going to take to make this work so it's just easier to do that and move on with my life. It's just easier to get a divorce and move on with my life. It's easier to do that than work on this, to be patient and work through these problems. A divorce, all I have to do is sign a piece of paper and we're done. Uh, there's a little bit more to it than that, I'm sure, but instant gratification. I don't have to sit around and do the work and be patient while the work's going on. I can just end it and go do what I want to do. Jobs would be better if people showed more long-suffering. If bosses, if employees, you know what? The world would be a better place if people showed more long-suffering. You know how I say it's not in our culture? You know, Mike told a story one time. I, I just can't imagine this in our, in, happening today in America, but it might. He said in Nigeria, they'll wait for hours for people to get to church before they have services. How long do you think that would fly in America? I got things to do. You know there's a cowboy game coming on this afternoon. You know I got to get up and go to work tomorrow. So there's things I want to get done before I go to work. Or would we be patient? <laughs> it's not just to America, but if you go to the third world countries, they're a lot more patient. <laughs> they're a lot more patient with each other. How would that fly in America? Well, I'll tell you how. The main reason, and I believe this is the biggest reason we don't show long suffering, our pride and ego get in the way. You did that to me? You were mean to me? You know who I am? You know, we all have that to a certain extent. We'll get on to celebrities and to athletes. Whenever they think they can get away with stuff because of who they think they are, but we all do that. Maybe on a much lower level, but we all do it. I don't have to put up with that. Have you ever heard, said that? That's just your pride and ego showing through. I don't have to. No, you don't have to do anything. God has given you free will, but he's told you what he wants you to do. I don't have to put up with you treating men that way. I don't have to put up with you being rude to me. I don't have to put up with you whatever, feeling whatever it is you don't like. I don't have to put up with you making me late all the time. I don't have to put up with you just fill in the blank, whatever it is you don't like to put up with. We've all done it. We've all said it. Or I at least imagine we all said it. Said something to that effect anyway. But that's not the way God has called us to be. He has called us to be patient with each other. 
you know, my granddad had a definition for long-suffering and forbearing. Because if you look up forbearing and long-suffering, it's actually, they actually come from the same Greek word. And he goes, I'm just gonna love you enough to put up with you. <laughs> I'm gonna put up with your flaws, you put up with my flaws, we'll be patient with each other, and that's how God intended it to be. But the problem is, we don't wanna put up with people. We have problems putting up with people. We have problems because I don't deserve this. I, don't ha I shouldn't have to put up with this. And maybe you're right. Maybe they did something wrong to you. Maybe they shouldn't have done what they did. But does that mean you get to lose your patience? Because I haven't found that in there. If you can find a scripture that tells me, okay, if somebody does you wrong, it's okay to lose your patience with them, please read it to me because I did a lot of studying on this and I didn't see it. Now, maybe I just missed it. Maybe I just missed that verse. Maybe it's possible because, like I said, I didn't read every verse in the Bible, but I did a lot of studying, and I didn't find one that said, okay, you, don't have, you, you have to be patient with people as long as they don't do anything to you. I never heard that one. All I've heard is be long-suffering to one to another. If you're the elect of God, be long-suffering. I haven't read anywhere where it gives you the right to be impatient with someone just because they do something wrong to you. I hope I've given you something to think about this morning because, like I said, in this country, this is a very hard subject because patience in our, in our society today is basically non-existent, I believe. For the majority of society, I believe patience is an afterthought. It's something that they think about after they've gone off or after they've done something they shouldn't have and not beforehand. Maybe you've had trouble with that. I know I've had trouble with that from time to time. I've given examples of that from the very pulpit about how I've lost my temper on people. But let's, let's, let's try to be better. Try to do better. Work on it. Not just, well, you know what? I am what I am. God's going to bend to me. Let's don't think like that because God's not going to. Let's go out there and actually work on it. And I know it's going to be tough. I know it's not going to be fun. I know you're not going to want to do it sometimes. But if you show that long-suffering, you will be more pleasing to God, I promise. If we can help you in any way, why don't you come as we stand and sing?